0: do you have a tumultuous relationship with your partner and you find yourself fighting and fighting all the time over big and little things and it's driving you crazy and you wish there was another way and you wonder what is this about what are we getting out of this why do we keep fighting well that is the question that savannah kept asking And this is all about the past life reading I did for her, searching for answers on what was the origin of all of this fighting, and talking to her spirit guides about what she can do about this today to get back on her spiritual path. So stay tuned. (music) Hi, this is Ronnie and Ryan, Intuitive Coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic Podcast. In the show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic Podcast. And now, on with the show! Hi, this is Ronnie, and I'm going to tell you about a past life reading I did today for Savannah. It was so interesting, and I really wanted to share with you all the ins and outs of this situation with her. I guess I just love what I do. I found it so interesting. Savannah came to me and she told me a little bit about her story. It's a pretty stressful story, really. She's been in a very tumultuous, on and off again relationship with her boyfriend for five years. They do own a home together, but she's not living in it now. Apparently, they have these massive screaming fights, and they don't spend much time getting along. It tends to be one stressful argument after another, which is a terrible shame and very distracting from the rest of your life. Right now, she's not living with him. She's living with family because he documented some of their fights. So then he called the police on her. Now, keep this in mind. She's only 4'11", and he's over 6 feet tall, so I'm not really sure how much damage she could do to this man, but I guess he, like, took a picture of himself having fallen back on the bed or something, and, you know, once the police get involved, it's just always ugly. She said it actually never did get physical. They just have these horrible screaming matches. Maybe there's some door slamming and that kind of stuff. So her question really focused on this incredible pull she feels to go back to him and there's also this very deep soul level connection and she doesn't understand why it's so hard to get along when she feels this deep desire to be with him and she wants to know why is this happening can she fix it what's behind this how can she address this savannah also explained that this isn't the first time she's been in in one of these terrible on and off constantly fighting relationships so now we're talking about a pattern However, this is the worst one yet, and none of them had been anywhere close to this extent of kind of craziness. So she's very concerned and with good reason. So I said I would take a look and see if we could get to the bottom of things, and she wanted to know why is this happening and what can she do about it. So when I looked into the records for her, the Akashic records, what I discovered is a life where she would draw a line in the sand and then this guy would walk over and this kept happening repeatedly and I got the feeling that this was more symbolic than anything and not so much about a particular life. She was allowing him to break through her barriers and that line in the sand thing was the symbolism of him just always crossing the line and her not holding her boundary firm. That was the vision I was given by Spirit about what's going on with her. And then I spent time tuning into what the lives are, the actual past lives, having to do with this situation. I saw a life where she was with this man, but they were brothers in ancient Greece. And in this relationship, he was kind of always after her, and it was playful at first, but over time it got to be a real annoyance. And just relentless in his always being after her. Then another life I saw... I saw another life with her and the sky, and again they were men, and it was in medieval times, maybe the year 1000. They were living in Spain, they were com- from competitive families, and they were always at each other's throats. And there was something political about this as well. And they had a lot of sword fighting going on, they were battling all the time, and so they were always at odds because of the whole political thing too, and there was never a clear winner in any of these battles, which is a little confusing. I never saw the end of any situation. So in this particular life in Spain, that became a real issue. Then Savannah started laughing because apparently she and her boyfriend, when they're getting along, they used to watch all those old, you know, period historical kind of movies and shows like Game of Thrones or Vikings, where there's a lot of sword fighting. And she said that she loved the sound of the swords clashing, which I thought was really fascinating. So I tuned in again to try to go a little deeper and get to the root cause of what is really going on here with these two. What I heard was that Savannah was struggling with her emotions, feeling her emotions, living by her emotions, versus knowing who she truly is and what is right for her from a higher perspective. And of course, there's a big difference between her emotions and knowing who she really is and what's in her highest good. So the next life I saw was in this in the South Pacific or somewhere in the Pacific in Manila. I'm not exactly sure where Manila is, but I was like, Manila, where did that come from? It was very primitive and all indigenous people. And I don't know, I was thinking it was maybe like 400 AD, something like that. And Savannah was a shaman for the tribe living on this island. And they were being invaded by people from neighboring islands. But also there was warring going on on the island of Manila itself as well. Of course, as a shaman, she was trying her best to help her people, help her tribe, protect them, and doing whatever was necessary to keep them safe. She had set up all kinds of magical protection around the tribe and their community and where they lived, but the strange thing about this whole situation was all this warring and battling Wasn't about need. It wasn't about food or health or needing more space. It was really about conquering. So it's much more ego based kind of warring going on. You know, kind of like who's going to win? Who's going to be the authority? Who's going to be lord over who? And it seems that she might have gotten a little overzealous in terms of the protection and might have lost her way a little so that she ended up being in situations where her magic became very aggressive. And that probably wasn't for her highest good or for the tribe's highest good. So it appears this might have been the root cause because in getting lost, she moved away from just simple protection to being aggressive and manipulating the energy and getting in on that whole thing about trying to win. And that wasn't really what she was initially intending to do at all. So instead of coming from a more earthly, grounded, spiritual place, her shamanism kind of dipped into the darkness, and that's where this battling, warring kind of problem began. So in this life, her goal is to come back to balance. That's really her mission, to come back to center, to remember who she is, and to find peaceful solutions to situations But her tendency is to go to battle instead. And that's what she's really trying to move away from and learn about. And that's why she has this difficult warring boyfriend so that she can wake up in this moment of always battling and go, there's got to be a peaceful solution. Let me back off from all this aggressive stuff and try to find some peaceful solutions to these situations. And he is like in a contract with her in an agreement that he's going to create all this havoc so that she has the opportunity to move away from that negative energy where you're always warring and find that place in the center where she can come back to balance, find a resolution that will suit them both and be more peaceful. And this is also about a higher level of consciousness and understanding the energy of what's happening here to wake up in the moment and that's like a whole nother level of progressing her spirit forward. So right now she's at the point where it's time for her to recognize she doesn't want to go to war. She doesn't want to battle. She doesn't want to fight. She doesn't want to have this antagonistic relationship anymore. She needs to seek peace. And she also wants to remember who she truly is underneath. You know, what is her true self? And the only way to do that is to stop this fighting. This isn't one of those relationships where she's going to wake up one day and just go, oh, let's not fight anymore. This situation is not fixable because it's here to promote her moving towards peace. So they need to separate and be apart. They're not going to be able to figure this out together. That's not the agreement. The agreement is she needs to decide to stop, move on, and seek peace for herself and know herself. And that's not easy, but that's what's needed. Lesson for this life is to seek peace. Not surprisingly, Savannah said, whoa. That's really different than anything I expected to hear, and I can imagine it was, because she kept hoping she could fix this. Savannah did mention, when I finally stopped talking, that her family came from Manila. Now, I had never seen her picture. I didn't know what she was looking like. I didn't know anything about her. So that was like, whoa, that was so surprising to me. So that was sort of a fun coincidence that happened. And Savannah's soul is really crying out to come to center, to come to herself, to know who she is, her higher self and her God self, not to be pulled into any more nonsense and fighting with him. And this is a decision that she has to come to on her own. She has to be willing to make that choice. Ultimately, this is about her focusing on what's good for her. Rather than her drive to win or have power over, which she has been through in many lifetimes already. The truth is, there's no real love there anymore. It's just been kind of distilled down to winning. Who's going to win the battle, the fight, you know? The bottom line is, this is really about her ability to love herself, take care of herself, do what's right by herself, and just let that other stuff go. No easy task, I agree, but that's really what's on the plate for her right now. Because, you know, when you think about it, honestly, when she's warring and trying to win, she can never be at peace. It's just not going to go together that way. Winning over him is not going to really give her the peace because she's, they're not in a contract for that to happen. That's not what she chose. So this is a pivotal point in her life and a big soul decision. She has to come from that place of deciding, I'm not going to get drawn into this anymore. I'm not going to be a party to this battle. But that explains why she has such a deep draw and pull to be with him because she's with him to learn this lesson, not of fixing things and getting back together and finding a way, but more to let it go and move on and recognize it's not good for her. She needs to say no. Put a stop to it and come back to center. So I told her, here's what you need to do. Because it's a very deep groove that she's kind of fighting against in her nature, her human nature. What will help her is to start asking herself some questions like, what is my mission here? (laughs) Like, is this thing I'm about to do really in my best interest? Or am I just trying to get even? Am I just trying to win? So if she asks herself these questions kind of waking up in the moment of any battle she's either in or about to begin and wonders to herself is this in my best interest that's her chance to make a new decision to do something different to take a different stand and to stop the fighting that's the moment that she'll be able to wake up and say no I don't want this anymore. It's not for my highest good. It's not in my best interest. I'm making a different choice. So at this point, Savannah chimed in and she said the whole shaman thing really made sense to her because in her 30s, she had done a lot of experimenting with all kinds of spiritual things. And then as a child, she did a lot of playing about magic and setting up protection all around her yard and protecting her home, and I was really taken aback by that, and I was thinking, wow, that's some serious bleed-through from a past life, right? Then we went back to talking about the guy, and I was asking her, you know, why are you with him? What is he adding to your life and bringing to the party? And did she love him? And she actually said no. She didn't think she ever really loved him. And so I have to say that I couldn't tell her she picked the wrong man because he's in her life to learn this lesson. So even though this was a really unpleasant relationship, we choose people to help us learn lessons. And that's what was going on in their relationship, no matter how unpleasant it really was. You know, when you think about it, this is not a dating issue or a relationship issue. This is a soul level issue about her learning this lesson to stop fighting, stop trying to win, stop having power over. So in a way, that makes him the right man for this lesson, not for love, but the right man to learn this lesson. And I told Savannah, don't waste time feeling bad about picking the wrong man because he wasn't the wrong man. He came into her life to serve a real, vital, soul-level purpose. And it'll be worthwhile if she can bring herself to say no and stop fighting, right? It'll all have been worth it because she would have learned the lesson that she set herself up for, right? Remember, she chose this before coming to earth and incarnating here. Another point that's really interesting about this whole situation with the battling and, you know, talking to her about putting your sword and your shield down is I've been meeting and talking with and coaching other women who are having a very similar problem. Sometimes it's in their career, sometimes it's in their relationship, sometimes it's with their family. But They have to learn to put that sword and shield down and stop battling and seek peace and find peaceful solutions or to say no and not keep getting sucked back into all of that fighting and arguing that never gets anywhere. And I think that this is a reflection of the rise of the divine feminine, bringing in that divine feminine energy of a more peaceful way of dealing with relationships, problems, finding solutions, and that kind of thing. For a long time, women have had to really fight tooth and nail to get equal pay or equal recognition or get promoted or whatever that they desired to move up in the ranks. And now the tides might be starting to turn and that's why some of the battling is coming to an end, which is really good news. It's time to start learning how to use their feminine energy and power instead of going toe-to-toe with the masculine energy because there is a lot of power in the feminine that often gets ignored or pushed aside. But that doesn't mean it doesn't have real strength and power to it. When I talk about this, I bring up Aikido, which is one of the martial arts, and it's one where they teach you to use your enemies or your partner's energy against them, kind of deflecting whatever they do rather than being aggressive. So I just find this shift that seems to be coming or that we're in process about Really fascinating regarding the masculine and feminine energy and learning to find other ways to approach situations and use the feminine energy instead. But getting back to Savannah, the trouble is that she's had a lot of practice in a number of lives with this kind of fighting situation. Sometimes what's familiar is what we fall into for patterns because she's done it over and over. So it makes sense that it feels natural to her. Another way of looking at it is how this is really letting go of winning, getting to that place where she puts herself and what's in her best interest above and beyond winning, right? The thing is, because her mission is to stop with the fighting She'll never win if she's battling. The only way to win is if she turns her back on that. That's so interesting. Winning won't bring her back to balance and center and her higher self. Now, you can think about it this way, too. She can win if she comes from that feminine perspective of being a master of her own self rather than winning over somebody else, right? When she just goes back to focusing on what's good for herself, then she's using her feminine energy and then she can rise up. Then she can increase her level of consciousness. Then Savannah asked me, well, why does he keep coming back? And I hear this a lot from women. And this goes back to my dating coaching days as well. But they wanna know, Well, if he doesn't like me and he just wants to fight with me and all we do is argue, then why does he keep coming back or calling me or reconnecting or texting me or reaching out? What is that about? Why doesn't he leave? And then I have to explain that it's for the woman to decide. That's what's going on. It's up to you to have a boundary, to set your limit, to know when things are over, to decide what's in your best interest. Don't wait for a man to decide what's good for you. You need to decide for yourself. That's using your feminine energy. That's using your personal power. It's her choice. So keep in mind that prior to coming here, they made this agreement. And so he's not like consciously thinking, well, I have to stick this out until she decides to walk away from me. It's not like that because it's not conscious. So he's just going to keep at it until she puts a stop to it. It's up to her, not him. Next we moved on to talking about taking her power back. And while it seems a little counterintuitive to talk about taking her power back by not battling, because when she decides to stop trying to conquer him and win him over, she's standing in her own power. That's what's going on here, to take her power back to be there for herself, not to be fighting and finding a way to have victory over him. The point of the relationship is for her to wake up and free herself from this pattern and stand in her own power to do what's in her best interest, right? I think that's been made pretty clear. When she decides to make the effort to separate herself from this and untether from him and this relationship, she has the possibility and the opportunity to change her whole life path. Once she stops putting all her energy into trying to win and she stops fighting him, she'll have a lot more energy for something else. Who knows what could come across her path? What wonderful opportunities could present themselves when there's space and she has energy and she's free from all of that. So that's really exciting from my perspective. At this point, Savannah and I were starting to be curious about, did she have any past lives where they were more peaceful and it was more about love? So I discovered her life where she was an acolyte for Aphrodite in Greece, and she worked at her, at her temple, and that was her whole life devoted to Aphrodite. There you go. There's some feminine energy, right? Aphrodite is the Greek goddess of love and beauty, and she would be called Venus if it was under the Roman Empire. So she did ceremonies and did offerings and rituals, had something to do with couples that were in love. She was in service to the goddess of love. And then right after that, I saw another life where she did the same thing in Rome for Venus. So there you go, right? Same thing, different life. To me, that's pretty interesting because she had both sides, you know. She had those warring, battling, masculine lives, but she also had those lives dedicated to the divine feminine. So she had seen both sides. Savannah next asked if she had any lives in the military. And initially, I saw some other lives that weren't military, but they <laughs> there was a lot of battling In like Bora Bora and Tahiti so more in the South Pacific area and then through the Akashic Records I landed in Japan with her lives and there she had a number of battling lives masculine again as a samurai so here come the swords again isn't that amazing you just never know what you're gonna see it's so interesting Savannah's been all around the world fighting with a sword, right? Isn't that amazing? She was very taken in by the idea of lives in Japan and being a samurai and and thinking about the very strong discipline in that kind of lifestyle. They were also very spiritual and they were taking care of and protecting the emperor and their villages and that kind of thing. when you take a look at all of these different lives, it really illustrates the struggle that she's in between love and war and love and war. I don't know. I, I thought that was really interesting. Savannah said it really did make her pause and think about things. And it made sense on a very deep level to her. You know, hopefully she'll choose love, but it's up to her. It's her life. It's her spiritual path. It's her spiritual growth. She's got to make the choice. Then I shifted gears. Instead of looking back, I decided, let's find out what your spirit guides have to say. What do they recommend and what could really help her move forward? Her guides talked about peace and that water would bring solace to her soul and water could be brought into her life in many ways. Drinking water, standing in the shower, being near a lake or the ocean or moving water like a river or a stream. All of these kinds of water were important to her spirituality and a sense of peace. The water could bring her peace. The water will always soothe her soul and help her relax and get back to center. And that's her mission in this life. Samantha said that was very helpful, and she also admitted that she knew water was really soothing for her soul. She loves being near the water and always feels good there. I was a little surprised because the next thing her guides talked about was feng shui, which I don't know. I mean <laughs> that never occurred to me that the guides would talk about that. But anyway, it's about the flow of energy in your home and where you position the furniture so that you have the most auspicious flow of energy and nothing interrupts it. Savannah said that when they were fighting, she would make a big mess and put a ton of stuff on her bed as like a barrier to keep him out. I thought that was pretty ingenious, I guess, to keep him away from her. Just make a big mess and don't leave any space for him. She had piles of clothes and books and stuff all over her bed and she just left a little strip for her to sleep. And then she started talking about how she wanted to get back into that house and like redecorate. And I thought, after everything we've talked about, you still dream of redecorating that house with him in it? So I asked her, you know, are you still thinking about going back into that house and living with him and decorating that house and living there? So this is where her guides came in and reminded her to ask the two most important questions. Just as a reminder, that is, why am I here and is this for my highest good? She'll need to think about a new path and a new course of action and new dreams. Like if she decides to move on and stop fighting with him, going back into the house and living with him is not an option. So she has to you know, get that set in her head. I mean, it's not up to me, it's her choice. So she gets to do whatever she wants and she can go right back there if that's her choice, but it doesn't sound like that would be for her highest good at this time. So if she wants to get to know herself, come back to center, start using her feminine energy, open to receiving and creating possibilities for herself, it won't have anything to do with getting back into that house and redecorating and living with him. So I'm not sure what she's going to do about that, but the guides did come forward and ask her to think about when she finds herself in the midst of negative thinking or going down a path where she's getting ready to, you know, do battle again. That's when it's time to ask herself, why am I here? And is this for my highest good? Sometimes things get repetitive because it needs to get drilled into our heads. You know, I I can be just as guilty as somebody else and I've had the same messages Provided to me from other people, from my guides, you know, from picking cards, saying the same thing over and over again, over great spans of time. Because for whatever reason, sometimes it's just hard to get it in our heads. It's about changing the pattern of how we react, right? That's what Savannah needs to do. Instead of getting ready for another fight, she needs to decide to turn away from it. So that's starting a new Pattern of how she reacts and how she behaves and how she thinks about things. The guides encouraged her to become curious and become more aware. Is this for my highest good? Do I see another path that might be better for me? Are there other options that she isn't seeing and hasn't considered? And you know that's really good advice for anyone. When you challenge your belief system, sometimes you can really learn a lot about yourself and how you're creating limitations based on what you believe is true, which might not be true or might not be in your best interest. So sometimes you have to challenge some of the most fundamental things about how you see the world, how you think, how you respond to things or whatever. So it's really good when you can get to that place where you challenge your own beliefs and wonder, is this really in my highest good? And are there other alternatives that I could take? Other ways of doing things or looking at things or talking about things that can smooth my path and get me further. So that's what I have for you in this reading about Savannah. I found it really interesting. And maybe there'll be something in there that'll be helpful for you too. I've got a gift for you that could change your life if you have a big decision hanging over your head. Are you struggling with your choices and sick of it? I've been in your shoes feeling miserable not knowing the right way to go. That's why I asked the universe for a sign. What a relief! I got an answer in a couple of hours. Discover the super simple method in a 30-minute program I created so you can learn how to use this no-fail process that works every time. Visit intuitiveedge.biz sign to get free access and make that decision quickly and easily. It's my gift to you. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode. And share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic.